Welcome to the Data Knowledge Action for Urban Systems podcast series. In this series, we shall explore systems used to build intelligent urban systems, technology used to innovate systems capable of collecting, storing, processing, analyzing, and evaluating data on the most prevalent health-related issues in cities, different sector, like transportation, employment, housing, or public space. This series is brought to you jointly by CoData, the Committee on Data of the International Science Council, Urban Health and Wellbeing Program, and Center for Applied Geomatics, CEPT Research and Development Foundation. Via these podcast series, we bring to you reflection on the interdisciplinary approaches and innovative use of converting data knowledge action systems for building healthy cities. Today, we welcome you all to the introductory episode of Data Knowledge Action for Urban Systems podcast series with me, Shelly Gandhi from CEPT Research and Development Foundation. Today, we have with me Dr. Simon Hartson, Executive Director of CoData, and Franz Gatzweiler, Executive Director, Institute of Urban Environment, Chinese Academy of Science. This podcast series is a reflection on the DECA's application in various cities and approaches taken. In this introductory episode, data knowledge action system shall be discussed in depth along with the need for such systems for urban sector. I welcome both of you on this episode. So I wanted to know a little more about how data comes into the picture, how data from various sources can be incorporated together and brought in a single platform or a single output, which is beneficial for a person to understand what's happening in a city. So we've heard from Franz this very important and eloquent description of the challenges of the Anthropocene and our need to respond through systems modeling and to take into account that fundamental question of what sort of city do we want? And the only way to answer that is through engagement with the stakeholders. And one methodology for that is the data knowledge action um, approach that Franz has described with that participatory modeling. That's really important. I would like to stress, however, the data are conditio sine qua non. They're essential to that process. They're not the be-all and end-all. They're not sufficient, but they are necessary. And so we do need to think about how we gather those data upstream and our opportunities for doing so in the context of a city. And that requires us to think about the questions we're asking, the things we need to understand, but also, of course, Charlie, the, the more technical issues that we raised, uh, that, that you raised. How do we gather those data effectively so that they're in a system that can be analyzed? How are they described appropriately such that data can be combined? There are many technical issues there, which we won't go into in detail, but they include things like the data model, the metadata profile, and the vocabularies and what's called the semantics, which are associated with the data. What is the thing that has been observed? What is the thing that has been measured? And then how do we understand that? And that's really important from a methodological point of view. Um, So often we need to step back from the city and understand what is it that we need to know about this complex organism 
and therefore how do we gather the data? And Franz alluded to this, that this needs to be a circular process. We need to step back and ask ourselves what the questions are. We need to gather those data. We make sure the data are reusable, but we need to confront our participants with those data, with those questions, try and derive what knowledge we can, how those um, the parts of the system interact, what solutions can be proposed, and then take that circular or iterative rather process to understand what interventions can be made, but also what additional data need to be gathered. Um, I know that recently, Franz's program ran a prototype or a trial workshop of the data knowledge action approach and a number of participants from around the world and from the co-data community contributed to that. So perhaps we could ask Franz to describe that workshop in a little bit more detail. What were the questions that colleagues were asking? What sort of data were they using? What sort of system were they trying to model? And what did we find out in some from that workshop? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Simon, for that question. So let me come directly to the process uh, which we underwent. We asked the question of how to improve uh, health co-benefits in the city of Guangzhou, in that city in southern China, by means of better managing green spaces in cities. So it was about health co-benefits of green spaces in the city of Guangzhou, specifically in an area uh, of the so-called Haiju Wetland Park. So this already is the formulation of the question and the choice of the case study already tells us that it's so important to try to narrow down if we want to come to results which say something and guide our actions. Otherwise, we remain at a very broad general level and we could get outcomes like you need to improve your governance. So the, the process of this collaborative modeling approach, it applies a computerized tool where, which by the way, we used for the first time in an international context. That means it was an online collaborative modeling exercise. Usually this kind of modeling exercise is done with people in person, standing in the room, talking to each other in person and writing things on paper. <laughs> this time was the first time that we did it completely over the online platform. So it was an experiment. It didn't work as well, but it was maybe quite efficient. So we started with the question of what system are we actually looking at and defining the system boundaries and the components of the system, or in this case, we call them variables of the system which define the system we are looking at. And uh, that's the first collaborative approach, which is important and where you need to understand that everybody sees the world around them slightly different, with different eyes. And if you ask someone to define the system of a wetland park in a city, everybody will slightly describe it with slightly different eyes and also define different variables. So it's a consensus process. There are many steps in this modeling exercise. So the variables, they need to be defined and they need to be measurable. And this is the point where the data come inside. So if you have variables which can be measured, you need data. And the best way to get 
data is to have experts or people who know what kind of data you need in order to describe a certain variable. For example, if you want to know the relationship of the uh, amount of urban green or let's say leaf cover on uh, shading or on microclimate, you need to know whether studies have been carried out which give you that kind of data. For that, you need to make sure that you invite the right experts into your modeling team. So having the right experts in the modeling team also means you don't only invite people who are uh, scientists and know about these relationships, other experiments and experience the city, who know the wetland park. And that's also what we try to do. So the process of of putting together the team, defining the system, getting the right data in order to define the variables is quite sophisticated, much more difficult than it sounds in the beginning. But it leads to something which I would like to call collective intelligence. Because with this tool, we are able to make decisions which are better at a level where we haven't made decisions before. In a group of people, at a more global level maybe, or at an urban level, which never came together before in that way and understood how this system of urban green spaces in the city actually works and never started thinking together of how one variable acts on another and on all other variables of the system. And actually our human brain is not able to do that. That's why we have the software tool to help us. And the software tool works the way we tell it to work. So that software tool is also an iterative process. We can go from uh, defining the system, collecting the system variables, uh, uh, defining their interactions, and then we can carry out uh, simulations, policy analysis, and do tests. And in the end, we can go back to the variables and say, actually, we think there's something missing or it should be defined differently. So it's also an iterative process. So the way we perceive our environment constantly changes. And I think that is very important. There's not one way of representing reality in, one, in a model, trying to feed the model with as much data as possible in order to make it more realistic and then producing outcomes which we believe in are the best possible outcomes. That's not how reality works. Thank you, friends. So that's extremely interesting. So, for example, we can find through this process, one of the recommendations could be, we've got a gap. We need a new variable or we need different data for this variable. Exactly. Or, for example, we could find that there are unintended consequences in changes that we made, which might act against the objectives of the process or the vision we have of what it is that we want to achieve through the amelioration of the green space that could. Um, I can't think of examples in terms of green space, but I can think of examples in terms of traffic planning that there, can, that there are often unintended consequences through changes in traffic routes or restrictions or even widening roads. The classic example is widening roads doesn't necessarily improve um, issues of congestion because there's always a, a bottleneck and that's a relatively simplistic example but it's it gives us some indication of the sort of challenges that, that we can face and explore through this sort of system and this approach. What is the importance of special data when we talk about cities because everything comes on a map 
we need to be very precise about what location we are talking about and how do these data sets play a major role and become a game changer while taking decisions when you know where and what is the location, what is the vicinity area about, how the dynamics of population is there. It gives you more in-depth about how decisions can be taken, what kind of decisions would be favored, which kind of decisions would not be accepted. So I think the entire foundation of DECAS would definitely lead to a good network of understanding the data sets, pulling the social network together and placing it on a special platform to give more in-depth understanding of what happens where, how, and what is the impact on the neighborhood. I think that's the core of the challenge and the opportunity of where we are now in terms of cities, India, Anthropocene in the 21st century. Um, we have huge challenges with cities, of course, because of these complex systems, but we have opportunities in terms of the data that we can collect. Yeah. Unprecedented opportunities because we have this capacity to model the city spatially, as you said, Shaili. We have the capacity through various mechanisms to gather data which we couldn't before on the real use of space in cities. Again, I think about transport or pollution, but also the occupation of space. We can now get real data and information about those in a way that was far more difficult earlier in the 20th century. There are some fantastic uses of data for the use of metro systems, for example, in the mid 20th century. But now we can gather those data in real time and we can know degree to, to a greater depth precisely how transport systems are used and how people interact with those transport systems and with space um, more generally in the city. So the, we have huge opportunities there, but with that comes come challenges. Some of those are technical challenges on how the data is managed. Some of those are ethical and social challenges about how the data are used and interpreted. And then, of course, we have the challenges of what do those data mean, in fact? There can sometimes be alternative interpretations. And the big challenge is, okay, what do we do with the knowledge that we think we have derived from those data? What message does that tell us? What intervention can we apply to improve the system? And there we get into the issue of trying to model it, trying to take on different points of view, perhaps trying to understand the implications of changes that are made and to what extent those changes are socially and economically acceptable, but also trying to gather data for the alternative. What happens if we don't make those changes? And I think that transition data knowledge, evidence and modeling of alternatives is really important in this approach. Franz, perhaps you can add to that. Yeah, I think what is really important is that in our attempt to uh, to harness or to manage complexity or to understand it and respond appropriately with appropriate actions to the complexity we are facing in cities, but actually not only in cities on the entire planet, that we don't, when we propose data knowledge action systems and, and integrated modeling, participatory modeling, this is not in order to make things more complicated yeah, or more scientifically interesting. I think we need to keep in mind that this is an approach we cannot avoid in order to make decisions which are more intelligent. And with intelligence, I simply mean that uh, we make behavioral decisions, policies, 
which are appropriate and also fast enough for the challenges we are facing. Otherwise, we are always lagging behind and coming too late to solve the huge problems we have with climate change and others. So thanks to the technological advances, we can do that now. But I think we need to keep people in the loop. Uh, people will always think a little bit slower. <laughs> but together with computers, I think we can think together. I think it was David Malone who said, as so-called superminds, uh, we can think that together uh, then only among ourselves or only feeding computer models. Thanks, Franz. And I think, yes, this is very correctly said that nowadays people are looking for inclusive cities. They want citizens' input while building the cities. Uh, with this, I would like to summarize this episode and say that the entire DECA system is going to be discussed in this whole podcast series. We would throw lights on system in place which coordinate and manage these flows of data to knowledge and then action and then linking it back. So these systems are based on rules in society or algorithms in computers and together with particular strategies and coordination mechanism are referred to as governance. This is one of the foundation for building more informed cities and this is the way to the future, how cities would be planned in future. Thanks, Franz. And I think it's very insightful to know more about how data can be converted into methodology and frameworks to come to knowledge and take actions based on that knowledge. So thanks for listening to this episode from the Data Knowledge Action for Urban Systems podcast series. If you like our podcast and want to know more about the series, check out our website, www.crdf.org or follow us on social media. Please leave a review and like and share wherever you listen to the podcast. Look out for next episode and join us next time. Thank you. Thank you.